it's my lifestyle, it's my lifestyle. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Grounds Crew, a podcast covering all things baseball. We're brought to you by Baseball Lifestyle. Here are your hosts, Josh Shapiro and Tristan Maddie. What's up, guys? It's Tristan here, back for episode 89 of the Grounds Crew podcast. I am currently getting eaten alive by allergies, but you know what? It's Thursday. It's March 28th. It's a great day because it is opening day, folks. Baseball is back. If you couldn't tell by the Instagram video on on BL101, but it is back. The day is finally here, the day we've all been waiting for. It's a glorious day, and I'm just so happy. I'm ready for the Yankees to win their 28th championship, and plenty of good stuff to come. I think it's going to be a really exciting season. But we got plenty to talk about today, uh, kind of wrap up everything going into the season, all that good stuff. Before we get into that, let's do a little behind the brand. So, Baseball Lifestyle 101, we got an opening day sale going on. It's going to be free shipping on in the entire order, whatever you guys order, free shipping, no code required. That's going to be going on from March 28th up until March 31st. So you got a, pretty much the weekend to go get whatever you want, ship it to your house for no cost. So check that out. And we also got the BL101 2019 Spring Playlist. That just came out the other day. It's the best pregame playlist compiled by our staff and some of your favorite pros, too. So check that out. you got to search BSB Lifestyle 101 on Spotify. One more time. That's BSB L-I-F-E-S-T-Y-L-E 101 on Spotify. And then it'll come up with the Baseball Lifestyle 101 playlist. And let me tell you, boys. It bops, all right? We all put some work into this. We all picked some songs out, and we decided that this would be the best mix of songs. These are the kind of songs you definitely want to listen to while you're getting ready for your game, whatever, even if you're just chilling. But it's a great list of songs. You guys should check that out. I'm sure it'll get you hyped for your games. With the season coming around, we all need a little extra push. And, of course, we got our code for you guys. That's going to be good for free shipping as well. So if you don't get your order in by the 31st or whatever it is, you can go put Grounds Crew, no spaces, into the promo code spot, and that'll give you free shipping on your entire order. So one more time, that's the code Grounds Crew, no spaces. Free shipping on everything. Now let's get into the news from around the show. We got plenty, like I said. A lot of cool stuff going on. We'll start off with some news that broke out of Japan last Thursday. Early in the morning, because all these games happen very early in the morning. I believe it was 5 o'clock in the morning or 4 o'clock in the morning on the East Coast and 2 o'clock or something like that on the West Coast. So if you're a fan of the Seattle Mariners or Oakland Athletics, you probably weren't watching. So it kind of sucks that these games actually mattered because it was the opening games for these teams and the real fans of the teams couldn't really watch. But, you know, the MLB wanted the games to count over in Japan. They wanted the games, the players to actually play for something. Uh, they wanted the managers to use their pitching staff like it was the real games. So I'd say it works. And it was it cre- created a good product for the Japanese fans. 
But the news that broke out of the game was, and this came out like mid-game, was that Ichiro Suzuki was retiring after Thursday's game and that he would call it a career. So he played his last game in Tokyo on Thursday and he came out during the eighth inning. All the players came in after taking the field, except for Ichiro, who was the last man on the field. He waved to the fans before being replaced. He came in, he received a standing ovation and hugs from teammates. It was a really cool scene. I mean, the really cool thing about this was that most Japanese fans, and obviously J Japan is where Ichiro started his career, played the first uh, six or seven years of his career, whatever, whatever it was, they believed that they had seen him play for the last time back in 2012 when the Mariners and Athletics played in Japan before. No one believed that this guy would still be active seven years later. I mean, at this point, he was, what, 38, 37? But he was. He's kept himself in great shape. He's an athletic freak. So at 45, he was able to make an, a big league roster, the Seattle Mariners of all teams, and come and play this event, show out for his original fans. It was a really cool moment. And Ichiro is just a, one of those special players that will never be forgotten. I mean, this guy is easily a first ballot Hall of Famer, and the amount of things he's been able to do, he's played a 19 career in the big leagues, all right? He only came over to America to play in Major League Baseball at the age of 27. That's crazy that somebody could play and have that much long longevity. Not to mention that Ichiro came into the MLB at a time where we were just seeing ginormous guys absolutely mash balls at an absurd place the ball was flying everybody was juicing and then you have Ichiro who is kind of small in terms of what we're used to seeing as a professional athlete I mean he was 5'11 which isn't short I mean I'm 5'11 but he's only 175 pounds so I mean he looks a lot smaller on TV obviously if you're standing right next to him he's uh, more uh, of a bigger guy. But in terms of what we're used to seeing around the league, that's pretty small. I mean, compare him to Aaron Judge. Obviously, Aaron Judge is one of the bigger guys in the league. But even compare him to Mike Trout, that's pretty small. And at that time, you were seeing guys like Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, uh, Barry Bonds, Alex Rodriguez. These guys were huge. Obviously, those are guys that came out later were juicing but at the time players were just big and then you got this guy that's coming over he's smaller he's slapping the ball over the place breaking hit records he won the mvp in the rookie of the year award that he, the first year he came over so it was just an anomaly from what we were seeing at the time and then he went on to appear in 10 all-star games win 10 gold gloves he was a career 311 hitter he had 3,089 career hits. Coming over to the league at the age of 27, he was able to do that. Unreal. This guy's easily a first ballot Hall of Famer. And Ichiro Suzuki will never be forgotten for what he's been able to do in both Japan and America. Now, for the last few weeks, we've been seeing teams hand out extensions like they're candy. And that certainly didn't stop this week because we got a long list to cover. We'll start with four different aces who got extensions over the past week. We'll start with the smallest and then go up from there. 
So first up, we've got the Rays rewarding Blake Snell for a great season with plenty of cheddar. I mean, the reigning Cy Young winner will receive $50 million over five years after pitching just his first full season in the big leagues. And he really showed out in this first full season. I mean, the 26-year-old lefty was unhittable in the last two months of 2018. He finished with the, the season with a 21-5 and record, and that was to go along with a 1.89 ERA. You want to know how good that is? That's the lowest for an American League starter since Pedro Martinez back in 2000. He was a big part of why the race surprised everyone and had a 91 season this past year, uh, why they're in the mix for the wild card this year. So Snell has plenty of talent, and he's very underpaid. He had under three years of service time, so he wasn't even arbitration eligible just yet. So now this deal will eat up those years of arbitration as well as a year of his free agency. The Rays are going to be getting Snell's prime seasons, but he'll still become a free agent after his age 30 season. So it's a pretty good deal for both sides. And the Rays have a history of developing talented pitchers, uh, guys like David Price, James Shields, Matt Moore, Chris Archer. And they do a good job of extending them. But they don't really capitalize on the time that they have these guys. I mean, these guys all could have been considered aces at uh, a certain time. I mean, Matt Moore kind of fell off. James Shields kind of fell off. But Chris Archer and David Price were two very talented pitchers. Chris, They both still are. But then eventually they would lose them. And they, during the time that they had them, they didn't really do anything with them. I mean, this is a team that's very low budget. They don't really go out and spend money. So they have to kind of sign their own guys, keep it in-house. They can't really get those big-name free agents. And... It's kind of sucks. That's why they don't bring fans in. Or they have a low budget because they don't bring fans in. Who knows? What came first, the chicken or the egg? This year, they'll be going into the season with the lowest payroll. Not a surprise there. So they have Snell. They brought in Charlie Morton. And they have Glass now. But... They don't really have anybody behind those three. I guess they're going with the opener again. And those three guys, they're all pretty talented. But, you know, this is a team, like I said, that has lowest budget payroll in baseball. The lineup isn't really the most intimidating. But it's a team that won 90 games last year. There's good management. So we'll see if they could surprise again. Who knows? They are, They could be in the wild card mix again. Then we've got the Astros extending Justin Verlander for a couple more years. They gave him a two-year, $66 million extension, and that'll take them through 2021. Verlander, he just hasn't lost a step yet. At 36 years old, he pitched to a 2.52 ERA with almost 300 strikeouts. He finished second in the American League in Cy Young voting, and he's one of the last true workhorses in, the, uh, in baseball, not just the American League, in all of baseball. He's pitched more than 200 innings in 11 of his 15 pro seasons, and this guy is just one of the league's true gamers. He's a former MVP, a former Cy Young winner, an ALCS MVP, a World Series champion. I mean, and it seems like once he was traded to Houston from the Detroit Tigers, it kind of reinvigorated his career. So, good deal for the Astros. Uh, I don't think it breaks the bank too much. I, I mean, $30 million dollars basically 33 a year. That's kind of a lot of money for a guy that's that old. Yeah, you know, you could always be worried when guys are going to fall off, but Justin Verlander has pitched very well for them. 
if they lost him, I think they would have been in trouble after losing Keuchel, after losing Morton. McCullers is out for the year. Obviously, that's not a concern for Verlander's contract this year. But they don't have as much depth as they used to, and Verlander is the top-of-the-line guy. So it was a good job on them to keep him around. Next up, we've got the Mets actually doing something right with one of their players by extending Jacob DeGrom. The reigning NL Cy Young winner is set to make $137.5 million over five years. Now, the deal includes a player option for 2022 and a team option for 2024, which would make it six years for $170 million. DeGrom led the majors last year in ERA. He had that great season with a 1.70 ERA. His record didn't really reflect how good he was, but he had 269 strikeouts across 32 starts en route to winning the award. He was just dominant, and up until this point, he hadn't really been getting the respect of some other big-name pitchers in the league, and you know what? Jake DeGrom, he came out, he shoved, won the Cy Young, and now he got paid for it. Noah Syndergaard actually expressed his frustration with the team with uh, regarding the status of DeGrom's contract situation over the weekend, uh, saying that it's kind of not ideal that the deal was getting done. I, I don't know what his exact words were, but he wasn't happy. And so the Mets did the right thing, came out, gave him an extension, fair deal. So Jacob DeGrom might owe Noah Syndergaard for getting the deal finally done. And then, unfortunately, I say that as a Yankee fan, the Red Sox locked up Chris Sale for five years. The Yankee lefty will get $145 million over this five-year extension. Sale was set to go into the last year of this contract that he previously signed with the Chicago White Sox, and he would have been a free agent after the 2019 season. Now, he would add plenty of suitors. I'm sure everybody in the league would be interested in signing a lefty who is one of the best pitchers in the league and has some of the best stuff, some of the best pure stuff. Now we won't know. I would have loved for the Yankees to have a chance to go and get him, but it's not going to happen. The Yankees can't get everyone. In 2018, he was again one of the best pitchers in baseball. He started the All-Star game for the third time, finished the season with a 2.11 ERA. He had 237 strikeouts, over 158 innings. He got sidelined for a little while. Uh, at the point that he got hurt, he probably was the NL, the American League Cy Young favorite, but got sidelined for the last couple months, or last month and a half, whatever it was. And the lack of innings is what really did him in. That shoulder inflammation that he was experiencing, it seems to be squared away. It doesn't seem to be a concern going forward. So it was a good deal for the Red Sox to just kind of get it done with. Now we, they don't have to worry about him going to anyone, going to a rival or anything like that. They got one of the game's best and they got him for five more years. Now I wouldn't exactly call him an ace, but Kyle Hendricks is one of the game's better pitchers. And he also got an extension with the Cubs. Four years, $64 million for the 29-year-old righty. A guy that isn't really your typical flamethrower in today's game. He only tops out in the low 90s, but he's a very accurate pitcher. He's been very good over the past couple of years, and he has one of the league's very best changeups. This guy finished third in the NL Cy Young voting back in 2016. That's also the year that the Cubs won the World Series, and he was a big part of that. He had a 2.13 ERA that year, and that was the best in the National League. In 2018, he had a 3.44 ERA. Not as good. Still pretty good. 
still solid, over 199 innings. So he's been one of the more, more consistent options for the Cubs. It was good on them to hold on to him, reward a guy that stuck with them for, the, uh, for quite some time. Now the last guy on this long list of extensions is Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt decided that he wanted to stay in St. Louis despite not playing a single game as a member of the team yet. He agreed to a five-year, $130 million deal, and that surpasses Matt Holiday for the largest deal in club history with the St. Louis Cardinals. Kind of surprising, considering they've been around for such a long time. Now, like I said, Goldschmidt has yet to play a single game with the franchise, but St. Louis is kind of considered to be one of the more attractive franchises to play for. They seem like they take very good care of their players. They have a great fan base that consistently fills Bush Stadium. It's a beautiful city. And, you know, $130 million is a lot of money. So, good deal for them. A uh, good deal for Goldschmidt. And they're getting one of the league's very best first basemen, if not the best. I mean, he's really a five-tool first baseman. He's got three gold gloves. He's a career 297 hitter with 209 home runs. He could steal a bag or two. And I think he also doesn't have to be the guy as much. I mean, he's obviously one of the most talented players in the league. He's going to be your guy. But in Arizona, he was kind of the lone star, the big name there. In St. Louis, you got guys like Marcelo Zuna. You got guys like Matt Carp Carpenter, Paul DeYoung. You get plenty of bats in that lineup that you, if you pitch around him, you're going to have to deal with them. So... It's not as much pressure on him. I think I like the move a lot. I like the move for, by the Cardinals to go out and get them. It makes them one of the better teams in the league. I mean, they're really a very complete team. They've got a great bullpen. They've got a good rotation. And they got plenty of bats. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals make a run for the NL Central. I might say that they would win it. I mean, the Brewers are very good. And it's tough to say, but the Cubs could be falling behind these teams. And the Cubs are really good still. Obviously, this deal takes him until he's 37, so there's always a concern of when a guy's going to fall off a cliff, but it's a good deal. I mean, Goldschmidt is one of the game's best, and so I like the deal for the Cardinals. I like the deal for Goldschmidt. Let's move on. Now, of course, since opening day is coming, we're getting the major league rosters, who made it, who didn't, and we got a trio of top prospects making opening day rosters. We'll start in San Diego, where baseball's number two prospect is opening the season as the starting shortstop. That's Fernando Tatis Jr., the son of former big leaguer Fernando Tatis. He played for the Mets for a while. I believe he played for the Orioles for a while. And now he'll be forming what very well could be one of the most dangerous left sides of, the, of an infield in all of the league with Manny Machado. He had an okay spring, but, you know, he's flashed plenty of talent in the minors. He was hitting 286 with 16 dingers and 43 RBI in AA last season. He's just 20 years old. He's got plenty of room to grow, and, I mean, this isn't a team that has playoff expectations this year. So why not give him a chance? He was obtained by the Padres in a trade with the White Sox and revolving around James Shields. So the White Sox, who are also rebuilding, may look back at that and not be quite happy about how it turned out. Speaking of the White Sox, they also have their top prospect making his opening day debut, and that's Eloy Jimenez. Jimenez is expected to make his Major League debut after signing that extension we talked about a couple weeks ago, which, to correct myself, ended up being $43 million, not around the 100 mark that was reported. 
And so there was no reason for him to spend any more time in the majors. I mean, there was no concern about the service time or any of that stuff. He's another guy who had an okay spring, but he's done everything he could do in the minors. I mean, he really showed out last year. I think he had a 322 average with 20 home runs, 30 home runs, whatever it was, and over 100 RBIs. So you're really going to make that guy sit around in the minors for a little while longer to develop. Come on. He was acquired back in 2017 in exchange for Jose Quintana in a trade with the Cubs. So the White Sox kind of replenished what they lost in Fernando Tatis Jr. with Eloy Jimenez. And last but not least, we got the Mets deciding to promote first baseman Pete Alonso after an outstanding spring. I mean, this guy really showed up. Brody Van Wagenen believed that he earned the chance to play in the big leagues. When asked why they didn't hold him down in terms of service time, he said, the focus is on winning games, which I love that comment. I mean, he didn't want to hold this guy back because he wanted what's best for the team. He said it's not fair to the other 24 guys on the team if we're worried about dollars later on. I mean, and that's, he's saying all the right things. I mean, the Mets are kind of believed to be one of those teams that are shying away from spending money, but, you know, it's a good move. It's cool on Brody Van Wagenen. Now, Alonzo had a breakout season in 2018, a season in which he became one of the Mets' top prospects. 24-year-old first baseman stands at 6'3", 245, and he had 36 home runs across double and triple A a season ago. The guy mashes. It's good to see that teams aren't always worrying about service time, aren't always worrying about that year of holding a guy onto for cheap. So, cool move on the parts of the White Sox, Padres, and Mets. Not so cool on the Toronto Blue Jays, because we all know Vlad Guerrero Jr. is ready to for the big leagues. But we're going to have to wait a couple of weeks to see him. It's good to see that didn't affect these teams' decisions. They believe these guys are ready, and so they just decided to put them on the roster and let them go at it. Last but not least, we have kind of a cool story, and this is about an Englishman who quit his job to watch an entire season of baseball games across three continents. That's 34-year-old Joey Mellows, who left his job as an English teacher in Japan, or China, to go on this trip that will involve watching 162 games in person. I think that's the dream for every baseball fan. He got the idea after hearing that the Yankees and Red Sox will be playing a, se- uh, a series in London in July, I think that is. So he kicked off the journey in South Korea and Japan. He flew over to Seattle for the home opener, and he hopes to finish the trip at the World Series in October. So he'll be going to games in South Korea, Japan, America, and London. That's pretty awesome. I'm pretty jealous. I don't have the money to do that. But maybe one day, quit my job and just go watch baseball for a year. Why not? All right, guys. I think that's all we got for you guys today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget, we got that deal going on at Baseball Lifestyle 101. Check out the playlist. If you want to use the Grounds Crew code after the 31st for free shipping, that's Grounds Crew, no spaces. I hope you guys have a great weekend. And thank you for listening. See you. right there was the grounds crew brought to you by baseball lifestyle